everybody. Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. It is my joy to be with you. Ephesians 5.14 states, Awake, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. He is awakening our hearts to the beauty of who he is, all he has done. He is saturating his church with his presence, bringing us back to the main thing, equipping us with tools from heaven so we can truly be everything he has called us to be in this time, in this hour. And so if you've been listening to Awaken Podcast, we're on episode 155 right now. And so there's tons of content if you are new to the show. We release a show every Monday on charismapodcastnetwork.com. You can also go to Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Audible, pretty much anywhere that podcasts are listened to and you can tap in there. You can also go to my YouTube channel, starting to release video content. Didn't do that for a while, but uh, started doing that again. I'm excited about that. We're here in studio. You see the studio a little bit, but on YouTube, just releasing some newer episodes video, you know, via video. But I used to do a live format a few years back called Awaken Live, and there's about 80 of those on there. Lots of free content. I love releasing free content for you guys. And so you can tap into that. Amazing interviews with godly people, solo teaching shows where I just dive into the word of God, break open revelation, things that God has been stirring me with, opening up to me. And so thank you so much. If you're constantly watching and listening to Awaken Podcast, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing this with your friends, your family, your small groups, Bible studies. I've heard amazing things come back from people who have shared this and they've been blessed by it. And so that's awesome. I really do appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. And today I have um, a... Um, I have someone on the show with me that's special. I got I, I tapped in on Spotify. I love Spotify because if you listen to one artist, it brings you to another artist, you know, and um, I ran into his music and it's been really beautiful for me and my wife this past year. And so his name is John Mark Pantana. Some of you guys may know who he is. Um, he's a musician. He's a worship leader. He's a songwriter. He's released two studio albums that I know of. You may correct me on this, but Mighty Grace and Love Secrets. Um, I think he's working on a third studio album. Um, he may you know, he may give you an update on what that looks like, but he also released a book, which is a companion to his um, album that he released. It's on Spotify called Love Secrets, which we'll be exploring today. Awesome book goes into his testimony, Revelation of Grace. And so um, both of his albums, man, have been on our playlist, me and my wife constantly, you know, for the past six to eight months. And so it's been awesome, man. John, thank you for joining me today on the show. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Was I accurate with saying you have two studio albums and you're working on a third right now? Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah. Two full, two full length albums. I don't know if I call my first album studio. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I was just writing songs in the you know closet of my room and my local friends were like, Hey, we, we really want to have access to these songs. And, uh, it's, it's a, it's an album of songs that were recorded on an iPhone. <laughs> Content's pretty good for an iPhone, honestly. You can kind of, you can tell a little bit that it's not studio, yeah. but at the same time, man, the content—I mean, you know—the quality's pretty good. Yeah, it turned out, you know, pretty good for what I was working with, which wasn't much. <laughs> well, that's cool, man. Yeah. I, I stumbled into your stuff. I don't even know who I was listening to, but Spotify referred me to you, and it was your first album, Love Secrets, which. Man, sweeter than wine and so many songs, Abba on that album, bro. It just spoke my love language, spoke um, just just a language of intimacy and grace. And it's just gold. I know me and you were spoken, you know, speaking before, you know, um, we started recording here, but it's always amazing to run into someone who's releasing music that is so gospel driven, intimacy driven, 
just, you know, breaks down a lot of that religious stuff. You know, it's just the theology spot on as well as the heart behind it. And so, dude, it's been so rich running into your stuff. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's a joy. I I love what I get to do. (laughs) Mm, That's awesome, man. So there's got to be a story behind this because at the end of the day, you don't run into somebody that is just in love with Jesus, just such a revelation of grace, really living it out. Like there's got to be a story behind that, man. I always love hearing how people encounter the Lord, how he takes them from one place to another. So let's just start off by hearing about that. Okay. Yeah, I can share my story. Do you want me to go? How how long would you like me to share that? (laughs) (laughs) Long version or short version, huh? Um, Well, I know your book, Love Secrets, which we're going to be talking about today. You've got a lot of your testimony in there, how the Lord set you free in a lot of ways. And so give us whatever version you like, man. The show's usually 30 minutes, but we'll keep flowing, man. Okay. (laughs) Um, Once I get going about, you know, my story, sometimes it can be, it can be hard to keep it short, but I hear you. I'll give you the short, you know, version. I, so I grew up in a family that were traveling singers and lived in a station wagon the first about nine years of my life. They traveled from Southern Baptist church to Southern Baptist church, singing in churches. (laughs) Okay. And I'm the youngest of four boys and they beat me up a lot. And then we, uh, we planted in Lynchburg, Virginia, the blue Hills of Virginia on the East coast where I uh, enrolled in Christian uh, school and just, I was the kid that uh, walked the aisle every week to get resaved yeah. at Christian yeah. chapel. Oh yeah. It was just immersed in Christian things that I never really stuck and just struggled doubting my salvation and things like that. And then I actually became addicted to video games and was stuck in a chair for five years. I played video games for, 16 hours every day from the ages 14 to 19. Wow. Um, under the guise of homeschooling. Sure. <laughs> and, <laughs> sure. And um, at that point, I became a, a closet atheist in a Christian home and was pretty foul as a person and didn't believe, you know, God existed or anything. And then I heard a really bad fear-based message and it really shook me up. And I called my oldest bro, Philip, and... Um, Ended up just basically saying, I, I need a life change, but not really desire to live for God. But I left a five-year video game addiction out of fear. And um, I like to say that fear is an amazing motivator, and it can motivate men to do wild things if you heap it on thick enough, but it doesn't have any capacity to produce real relationship with God. Absolutely. And so at that point, I enrolled in uh, Christian University. Um and roller coastered in a, uh, you know, attempting to have a relationship with God for three years. And I just remember, you know, thinking the Christian life is the worst, man. I, I'm trying my best. I can't seem to ever do good enough. I'm reading the Bible. I'm walking away feeling condemned and confused. God feels far away. I'm still doubting my salvation. I'm struggling with every addiction. I want to be free. And I just feel like I can't. And I, you know, I felt like um, just, uh, you know, Coldplay is a song that there's just, I'm like a spider stuck in a web. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what I felt like. I just felt like I couldn't get out of this um, just stuckness in my relationship with God. And, you know, every honest person I talk to about how is their internal world doing and how is their relationship with God and are you free? 
Yeah. It was just like, I couldn't find anybody that was free. <laughs> I couldn't find anybody that was living this abundant life. Sure. Mm. And so I basically said, well, I'm done with this because I guess this isn't the thing. And I, uh, I became a pothead after that for two years. I basically middle fingered God and was like, yeah, Christianity is not the thing. And, um, I just kind of went into a season of debauchery for two years. And, um, I, I found more solace in debauchery than I did in a religious version of Christianity. Mm. Um, after those two years were over, um, I had a Holy spirit experience in my car. I was listening to a, uh, radio station and this preacher on the, on the radio came on and I grew up in a conservative, uh, environment. And I had never really heard of anything uh, Holy Spirit related, like words of knowledge and things like I didn't have a compass for that at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he basically got a word on the radio and said, you're, you know, you're listening in your car right now. <laughs> and he read my mail, basically. Wow. And he said, God wants to show himself to you as a father. And I, in my car, I was um, 24 at the time. Um, and still, you know, kind of in this, uh, drug addict place. Mm-hmm. And I called out to God as dad for the first time. And I, the Holy spirit, I still remember it just, it's like he entered my vehicle and I could feel <laughs> his oh, presence so and his love. And it's like, he bear hugged me. You know, it says in the prodigal son story that the father lifted up his robes, ran to his son and fell on his neck with many kisses. Yeah. <laughs> And his son was uh, probably covered in pig feces at the moment. And, you know, that was kind of exactly where I was. I was in a really bad place in my heart. I had so much hatred towards God in my heart and so much unresolved anger. And um, I just thought God was the worst of all time. I, you know, I had no desire at all to have any relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And he met me in the, in the thick of that and hugged me and kissed me. and i experienced the father's affection in an incredible way and i remember after that moment i remember thinking i can't believe that's what god is like are you kidding me he's amazing i've been sipping the wrong kool-aid for my whole life and i i basically just said god i don't care what denomination i i don't care about any of that stuff i just want a real thriving relationship with you. Can you show me what that looks like? Can you show me the truth? I just want you because I just tasted and saw that you're good. And now I don't care about anything else. Mm-hmm. And so for the next three years, I basically monk status and just was in the Bible like 12 <laughs> hours a day. <laughs> like So good, but it was different. It was, I had the, I had like this new relationship with the Holy spirit and he was teaching me the scriptures in a way I had never heard before. And, you know, um, I had such a terrible relationship with the scriptures because I only associated them with being, feeling condemned. And um, yeah, the Holy Spirit just unveiled the, the good news in an inc- incredible way to my heart. And for the first time in my whole life, in the quiet of my bedroom, I believed what Christ did was for me. And that all my sins, past, present, and future were put into the grave. You know, it says in 2 Corinthians 5.21 that Jesus became sin who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. 
I just feel like the Holy Spirit lightning bolted that verse into my heart. And I saw all my sin enter Jesus's body. It says Jesus became sin who knew no sin. That means he just received it. Yeah. And uh, when he was put into the grave, I, I believe the scriptures say that the father would not have raised Jesus from the dead if our sins had not been fully put away. That's right. So when Christ rose from the dead, it was this divine receipt saying all of our sins have been put as far as the East is from the West. And so, you know, my conscience had always been looking for um, that solid foundation that God was not holding my wrongs against me. And I never actually got it Mm -hmm. until the Holy Spirit unveiled what Christ really did, the finished work of Jesus on the cross um, into my heart. And so, you know, for the first time in my life, I didn't have sin on my conscience anymore. I, I believe that that was taken care of. And I started drawing close to God with a confidence, not in what I uh, did or didn't do, but in what Christ did. And it's almost like as if my relationship with God or my confidence in what Christ did became my confidence to have a relationship with God. The more confident I became in what Christ did, the more confidence I had with God. Mm-hmm. And so my relationship with God just started thriving because I believed the, you know, what Christ did actually worked and that he actually finished the job. <laughs> it wasn't a partial work, man. It was a finished work. And it's amazing because you look at scripture that say there's a new and living way to approach God in Hebrews 10. And it says with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith and to come confidently to his throne of grace to receive mercy and grace in our times of need. But if you are just thinking about all the things that you've done wrong or all the things that you're not doing that you should be doing, it's just like, man, how could I approach that person confidently? At the end of the day, if you know you owe somebody money and you run into them at a party or something and you know it's a substantial amount of money that you owe them you're not going to go into that party confidently just run right up to them shake their hand give them a hug at the end of the day you probably might try to avoid them and get out of the room because you know you don't have the money to give them you know it's like hey at the end of the day it's like hey he paid my debt my I'm, I'm, I'm free you know I've received his righteousness by faith and um, it's just a beautiful thing bro this confidence that takes place a lot of people would say well you know if you don't have a sin consciousness or you're not you know, coming to the Lord, continually focusing on your sin, asking for forgiveness, then if you're just free and confident before the Lord, then you're just going to keep on living in sin. Like there needs to be a measure of that, people think. And honestly, it's wild. In my life, when I got free from this sin consciousness and began to get a revelation of righteousness, I was able to encounter him who is life. I was able to see him clearly experience his love and his love was the motivating factor. His love is what compelled me, not just me trying to drum up enough good works to possibly please my father. Wild. That's amazing. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, that's exactly what happened to me. Yeah. Dude, it's got to come yeah. by revelation, man. It's got to come by revelation. You could, you could hear it. You could get a teaching on it, but there has to be a moment of revelation. Like I had a very, I was a drug addict, womanizer. I wanted nothing to do with God in my teenage years. A lot of people know my story, so I won't go into the details too much, but I had an encounter with the grace of Jesus, his glorious wow. presence, bro, at his right hand, pleasure forevermore in his presence, fullness of joy. There was this presence of God that filled my heart with love. And I felt the father speak over me at 19 years old. And he said, son, I have plans for your life. And there was this feeling of love that just flowed into my heart. That was supernatural and divine. I felt, I felt accepted. I was forgiven. I was adored. I was the center of his attention and his affection. And you know, 
from I had a three year journey after that where I knew he loved me a lot. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful for that. I knew he loved me no matter what I did. But because of how I grew up, my parents loved me even my in my rebellion really, really well. But when it came to believing in his delight over me and that Mm -hmm. he was smiling over me, that he had pleasure in me, regardless of my performance, that was something I had to work (laughs) through personally. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I remember feeling incredibly confused when I had that experience with the father's love that he was singing and dancing over me in delight. Mm. And it was so confusing because it, it couldn't have been based on what I was doing or offering him. <laughs> For sure. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Cause 100%. I was just, I mean, I, I was living in uh, just, just a lot of really terrible things. You know, it wasn't at all. It was at my lowest point. I felt like I was met with the father's love and acceptance Mm-hmm. And I just knew it had nothing to do with what goodness I had or could offer. It was just who he was. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, man. And, yeah. It blows your mind that he's that good. The heart of life is actually a kind father. And that's a really beautiful thing to think about. <laughs> we talk repentance, 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 but the Bible is clear. It's the kindness of God. Just even when you've experienced and tasted his kindness, just that word just sits so well with your spirit. It just washes over you, right? It's just his kindness. Like we need to encounter the kindness of God, the gentleness of Jesus, his love, his affection, words that a lot of men are very uncomfortable with, but this is just like at the end of the day like there is an affection in christ i remember the lord had me reading song of songs i was in bible school my second year in bible school very religious like i knew the love of god i spent hours and hours in the prayer room i encountered his love regularly but at the same time i felt like i needed to pray like like smith like smith wigglesworth and john g lake or i needed to you know i needed to do all these things for god to use me and, and anoint me you know i my you know i was i was struggling still even though i believed in his love i felt like there was still a measure of i needed to earn this i needed to establish myself this way i need to do this to get anointed i need to whatever and a lot of yeah. it was the theology i was receiving you know But um, the Lord got me in the Song of Songs, and I couldn't leave that book. And I had a vision of Jesus' face. It was in my spirit. I can't. It wasn't physically, you know, in the natural. It was a vision that was just like burned into my spirit of Jesus. Jesus smiling at me. It was like it was a smile, and I'm like, I got a revelation of the smile of God. Regardless, (laughs) independent of my behavior, independent of my behavior, He smiles over me, and that was when I went from like zero to a hundred, bro. That is awesome. Yeah, I, (laughs) I, that sounds amazing. I, I have had similar experiences. I won't go into the, you know, the, uh, the wild experiences I've had, but I have, I've had a similar, uh moment with Jesus where he was, I could see him smiling and he had smile lines on his face. (laughs) (laughs) He does it a lot. Yeah, apparently. (laughs) That's so cool, man. When you see that, yeah, when you get a heart or or, or a glimpse of his heart, um, it really changes everything. Mm. Um, It's amazing. And just, just what you said about, you know, repentance, you know, um, man, I really tried my, my best, my whole Christian walk to live a holy life. You know, I found in me the desire to live for God and live a holy life. I could not find the ability to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and that was what I was really searching for and looking for. And 
when I experienced his love and got rooted in who I am in Christ, my righteous identity, um, and just started believing the right things, I found that all the things I had tried to do my whole Christian life by my own effort, the Holy Spirit did them in and through me in his, in his strength, mm-hmm. and they fell off. You know, all the addictions fell off like butter on a warm day. Yeah, And I wasn't even really focused on my behavior as much as enjoying this newfound oneness that I had with Christ yeah. and this acceptance I had with the Father and this friendship I had with the Holy Spirit. And this like rediscovering my identity, my righteous identity that I've been gifted in Christ. Mm-hmm. My focus was on all of those things. And then I remember looking back after six months or a year and thinking, my behavior is awesome. (laughs) I was like, Oh my goodness. I have been wanting this change my whole life, but I was focused on the leaves on a tree. And I feel like that's a lot of times what, you know, out of really good intentions, a lot of believers are focused on is the leaves on a tree, the symptoms Mm -hmm. instead of the root of the, the issue. For sure. Yeah. And you know, you can chop off, a million leaves, but if you don't fix the root, it's just going to keep growing back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the root of all of our behavior, of our dysfunction, of our addiction, it's all rooted in what we're believing about who we are and what Christ has done. And as soon as those things were, were fixed, as soon as my you know attention and focus and my heart became uh, open to just receiving his love for me, I mean, it just, it changed the root and then all my leaves on the tree changed. Mm-hmm. Jesus, he spoke about faith so much as the root of everything, you know, and it's honestly, it's not just this mental thing. It's our heart clinging, relying upon him, a mindset on the, on the truth. And, you know, I love, I love that part of your story that you were sharing because honestly, the Christian life isn't just hard. It's impossible. It's impossible. Like without him, it's absolutely impossible. And it was meant to be that way where it's like, I can't do apart from him. I am nothing like I cannot like the law was was it served its purpose to show us that, hey, listen, we can't do it. And no matter how hard we try, we may succeed in little ways here and there, but we're going to fall on our face. We cannot attain the righteousness of God. Our righteousness is like filthy rags. There's no way for us to walk in that kind of perfection. And so it's not just hard. This is impossible. That's why he had to take out our heart of stone, give us a heart of flesh, (laughs) put the spirit of God on the inside of us so we could walk out his statutes. Like, And you talk about that in your book, how literally he cleansed this temple. It was his idea. It wasn't ours. It was his idea. He wanted to dwell on the inside of us. He cleansed out this temple, made it holy, a suitable abode for him. And now we get to live that life. Let me talk about that a little bit, because there's a oneness here that we need to come into understanding um, for us to really get this thing. I love that. Yeah, that's <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah, I I still remember having this moment where I was looking up at the sky and I was crying out to God. And um, this was at the beginning of when the Lord was teaching me all these truths. And he said, why are you looking at the sky? you're the temple yeah oh yeah i live in you you should be looking at your stomach (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) 
You know, it says in the word that um, whoever is Christ is one spirit with the Lord. I love it says that, that marriage is a mystery of Christ in the church. And when a man and woman become married, they become one flesh. And this is the mystery of Christ in the church. Mm. You know, I believe that my spirit is wall to wall, Holy Ghost joined together in perfect union with the Lord. And that is wild. <laughs> you know what a wonderful mystery that god has joined himself eternally with us it just makes my heart come alive oh, it's yeah. god has married himself to us in an incredible way we are the mm-hmm. temple of god god doesn't dwell in a building anymore he dwells within us you know and <laughs> what i love it it's amazing and so it's just like When I started to believe that's true, I started to believe that separation from God is a lie. Yes. I started to believe that really the only thing that separates me from God is when I believe the lie that I can be separated. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, even then I'm just believing the lie and it's almost like I'm emotionally distancing myself from the Lord, but he's still there. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And when I started to realize those lies and not believe them anymore and just press into the Lord and his nearness, it's the richest part of the Christian life is him and enjoying him. And when you realize and you start to believe the truth that allows that relationship with him in you to be easy, it's just wonderful. I would highly recommend it. (laughs) (laughs) The purpose of life. This is the purpose of life to know him. (laughs) Jesus even said that himself. This is your purpose to know him and the one who sent him. And so, Oh my God. But we do have this separatist separatist mentality of like, you know, we're used to going to a church to find God, you know, and we're used to, you know, looking up, thinking God's in the sky, exactly like what you said. But I remember I was teaching on grace at this Bible school in New Jersey, and um, this guy was saying that he always imagined God. Like, after I taught, he was like, I always imagined God being on the outside of me, but it's completely changed the game when I'm talking to God, believing that he's on the inside of me. And it's just like, wow, I began to hear God so much clearer as I began to realize, wow, I am one with him. There is no separation between me and him. And any kind of thought of separation, it's a pseudo reality. It's not even real. At the end of the day, my emotions might be disconnected from it, like you just said. But at the same time, he's never disconnected from me. He never draws away from me. I may draw away from him, but he's still nearer than the air I breathe. There's like nothing I can do. It was a permanent work that he accomplished, whether we believe it, receive it or not. It's just, are we going to enjoy the benefit? Are we going to connect with him and experience the life and life abundant that that we're always meant to? That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Christ in you, the hope of glory. Wow. (laughs) I guess that means something. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's not just words on a page, man. You know, like this is it's but when you get the revelation, it's amazing how the scriptures just completely change. It's like a lens. And you talk about this in your book, Love Secrets. And I have a chapter on this, but you just talk about this grace lens. It's like as soon when when you when you truly encounter Jesus in his kindness and his mercy and his grace, and you have a revelation of the finished work of Christ, it's like the scriptures just just speak another language. And it was there all along. Oh, that's so true. And that's kind of what I was referring to when I felt like the Holy Spirit taught me the scriptures in a new way. And, you know, I had always had such a bad relationship with the scriptures 
Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, I feel like the the Bible reads you just as much as you read it. Mm-hmm. Meaning, if you have a conde- condemned heart, you're going to pull out condemnation from every passage. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I I had only ever had that lens. And as soon as like like you said, I experienced the Holy Spirit and the love of the Father. And it was almost like a light bulb went off that, man, there's a new covenant. My Bible has two sections, yeah. old and new. Yeah. What's the difference? And the, you know, Christ sits in the center of those. Mm-hmm. And you start to see the wild contrast between the two. And I had so much confusion surrounding the scriptures, like my whole life, because I didn't have the ability to divide between old and new. I didn't have the revelation of the new covenant and what Christ has changed. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times I would find teaching and it was mixed. It was old and new. Yep. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they would call that a balanced teaching, but I found that Christ calls that mixture. Yep. And when you put old wine in a new wineskin, the wineskin breaks and you lose both. You lose the potency of both. Mm, that's good. And um, yeah, when you mix, you know, hot and cold, you get warm. Yeah. And I believe that's talking about covenants. Mm-hmm. And so the Holy Spirit really unveiled this new covenant, new creation realities, what Christ accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um, and the scriptures become an incredible feast. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. When you approach it as really this bread book where Jesus and his finished work is just waiting to be discovered for you to feast on. Mm-hmm. Even in the old, that's the one thing I love about the old covenant now. It's just riddled with beautiful beautiful pictures hidden of Christ and his finished work. It's mm. all about Christ and what he's finished. And the scriptures become alive and beautiful and wonderful and a great place, a great cabin in the woods Mm -hmm. um, to enjoy. I love reading the scriptures now that I've uh, had this kind of light bulb go off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was reading through your website, man. And one thing that really stuck out to me, I love this phrase that you used. You said, this is in your bio section. You give a lot in your bio section, but you said that you wish that they would stop striving to love God and that they would let God love them. You were talking to the people who are reading your website. And for me, just reading that, it, it, it resonates because, you know, I think all of us as believers can relate to this in some way, shape or form, but it's like, we're trying to love God. We're trying to serve God. We want to hunger for God. We want to seek God. We want to, you know, it's, it's a lot of us ministering to him. A lot of us, like we need to show that we're passionate. We need to show and prove our faithfulness. But at the same time, and there's nothing wrong with, no, I'm not saying don't love God, don't serve God, don't seek God. I'm not <laughs> saying that at all. Dear God, please don't hear that. But what I'm saying is we, I'm saying is we, we can't even do those things right without first receiving. Give what you've received. Jesus says, freely give what you freely received. And so what I've found is years of striving. Like when Jesus said, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, that used to taunt me that scripture that used to like that was a horrifying scripture for me because i'm like wow i'm really bad at that like 
all my strength. What does that even look like? I pray for an hour and I want to pass out. I, I never fast. Like I'm horrible at fasting. And so I'm like, what in the world's happening? But when I began to receive and people say that's selfish, you're just receiving, receiving, receiving. No, it's not. It's a very, when you receive, it empowers you to love God. Like you never loved God to serve God. Like you've never served God. We need to receive the grace and the strength to do that and to do that in his light. Wow. Yeah, you get it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but trust me, this is like like Martin Luther said, bro. We got to remind ourselves of the gospel every day because we forget it every day. You know what I mean? It's just like there's times like, oh no, I need to I need to return to rest because I'm getting too busy and anxious in my heart. And trust me, but dude, this is I'm so passionate about the gospel. That's why I love talking to guys like you, man, because we need to link arms together. We need to preach and herald this gospel. That's so good. Yeah, that that revelation is so beautiful it says in john that this is love not that we love god but that he loves us (laughs) it defines love by god's love for us and it says that uh we love because he first loved us Mm -hmm. Uh, one one of the songs on love secrets is just the whole song is just those scriptures it's like verbatim yeah and you know i don't know what it is i don't know if it's just the human tendency or religious Western Christianity or Mm -hmm. what, I don't know where it started, but there is this obsessive focus on us loving God Mm -hmm. and almost a shamed mindset of receiving anything from him, Mm -hmm. which is so interesting because Mm -hmm. it's literally the opposite of what needs to happen in our lives and in our hearts. Mm -hmm. And you can't give what you haven't received. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. if you just would let you you know, your heart received the love of God, you would have <laughs> the love of God to give away. <laughs> Absolutely. And love yeah. fulfills all things. You know, love fulfills the whole thing. That's right. Um, and so the more that we can learn to receive his his love, his affection, his words over us, his mm-hmm. strength, his courage, mm-hmm. you know, everything that we need in this life is in him. And he wants to give it without measure, you know, Mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing I think you could sum up really the new covenant of grace. In my opinion, you could sum it up with supply. Every single thing you need, God doesn't demand, he supplies it. And if we're willing to receive that supply, then we can walk in everything God's, you know, wanting us to. And it's just, it's easy. The yoke mm-hmm. is easy. The burden is light. Mm-hmm. It's a life of receiving something that God gives freely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, I agree 100%. Coming from that like lie of lack that the devil tries to shove down our throat to like this understanding of abundance, that we've received every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, that we've received his fullness and grace upon grace to access it, that we've become partakers of the divine nature you know, yeah. you know, this, this understanding that, wow, the three in one lives on the inside of me. Like this is like, I am so blessed. I'm seated with him in the heavenly places. There's no lack in heaven. Just understanding this lie of lack. The enemy just always tries to throw our way. And you know, man, I, I truly believe that this book, Love Secrets, as well as your albums, um, Love Secrets, Mighty Grace, and, and the content that you're working on is really a tool um, in in believers' belts, and it's going to be a point of of um, 
for a lot of people, it's going to be a starting point of really understanding his kindness and receiving his love. And then in other ways, it's going to be a refresher for me in a busy season. It was a refresher where I needed to just like sink my heart back to that understanding. And so I I truly believe, man, God is literally just immersing people and he's using your heart and your music and your writing and your work. And so how could people connect, man? Because I think these are vital tools for people. How can they connect and get this? Thank you so much, man. I love that. I love this. I love that you, (laughs) you know like-mindedness when it comes to these things is wonderful. I love it. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, If you want to connect with me, honestly, I am very active on Instagram. I try to respond to everyone and I I view it kind of like a ministry thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I was able to step down from my full-time job. I was a roofer for a couple of years. Just this year, just in the past six months, I've been full-time music for the first time. Mm. And so I am working on my, my third uh, studio album now. And so when I'm not working on that, I'm, I'm viewing it as a you know ministry platform, just chatting with people who have questions. And a lot of people are engaging the music in the book and, and they are experiencing grace for the first time and being mm-hmm. set free. And it's, it's honestly the, the best part of the whole gig is getting to see my brothers and sisters, you know, come into more freedom mm-hmm. and into more of a place of receiving God's love for them. That's a pretty so cool good. thing to give your life to. Oh, and I dude. feel like that's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, bro. I love the Lord's providing yeah. for you, man, and just opening up uh, more influence for you to really bring the gospel. We need more preachers. We need more teachers, more worship leaders, more musicians, um, just, you know, more actors, more in every sphere, business people that are just yeah. bubbling over with this reality, this revelation of the gospel, man, so we could, you know, s- truly see the church rise and shine. Um, and it's full magnitude, you know, so that so many people could be drawn. People aren't going to be drawn to religion, uh, a hammer over their head saying you're going to hell if you don't X, Y, Z. People are drawn to the love of God, his magnificence, who he is, how he is with us. And so, you know, anyways, man, that's beautiful. I highly recommend <laughs> tapping into your Spotify. Look up John Mark Pantana. What's your website? So people could look at your website. It's johnmarkpantana.com. Johnmarkpantana.com. Awesome, man, dude. Such a joy to talk to you, bro. What an honor. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. So good. For those who are watching right now, thank you for tuning in to Awaken Podcast. It is a blessing. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so we can get it out to more people so they can be blessed, stirred, encouraged by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Bless you guys, and I'll speak to you next time on Awaken Podcast. Hey guys, Michael Lombardo here. Uh, Just quickly, I just want to make a resource available to you. I wrote a book released with Destiny Image Publishers called Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to experiencing and abiding in God's presence. My desire is for you to get to know the Lord in a experiential way, to break every barrier to experience God's presence in your everyday life. I've met people all over the world that are just hungry to know him, but just don't know how to get there, don't know how to experience Jesus in a deeper way. You know, what keeps you from encountering him in a greater way? Do you feel unfit to enter his presence? Do you feel stuck? Maybe you worry that you don't know enough to meet with God. Every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. When this need isn't met, we search elsewhere and we find ourselves broken and unfulfilled. 
but connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book, you learn how to be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours, you know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you immersed in His glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You could also go to my website, lifepouredoutintl.org org lifeportoutintl.org or you can go to destinyimage.com the audiobook is available as well on amazon.com as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com and so bless you guys grab a copy of immersed in his glory thank you